0: This is The Next Turn, the home of conversations about skiing, ski racing, and sport. I'm your host, Martin Wilson, and after a lifetime as an athlete and a coach, and with a continued love of skiing, I wanted to take a deep dive and have honest conversations with the sport's most successful athletes, coaches, and forward thinkers. So join me in my pursuit of better, to be better athletes, better coaches, better parents, and better fans. This week, a conversation with you, the people who listen, on a very special Thoughts of the Day episode. Welcome back to the next turn. It's good to have you here. First, let me say thanks to all of you for liking and listening and rating, reviewing and subscribing, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It has made a huge difference and we really appreciate it. And thanks to those who have taken the time to share your own thoughts of the day with us at the next turn podcast. In fact, today is the day we're going to share some of those with you. So Jeff, Kara, today's episode comes as we complete our first season here at the next turn podcast. And today's episode features our listeners and their thoughts of the day. If you're a regular listener, surely you've heard us repeatedly encourage you to submit your thoughts of the day and at the website, thenextturnpodcast.com. And we've had some incredible feedback and we're going to highlight some of those today. But before we get to the reflecting part, Jeff, why don't you give us the hard facts?
1: My pleasure, Martin. I can't believe how far we've come in such a short period of time. We've had 18 episodes 27 guests representing seven countries, 17 Olympians, six Olympic medalists, two Olympic winners, eight World Cup winners, 19 World Cup athletes, seven World Cup coaches, three mountain operators, one kick-ass World Cup mogul skier, one X Games gold medalist, and Martin's favorite broadcaster, Nick Fellows. We're listened to in 40-plus countries. I love this. Top 200 sports podcasts in 19 countries And Martin has, you know, thankfully done 200,000 hours of editing. I think that might be a little bit embellished, but Martin. No, I got everyone marked down. Every hour is marked down.
0: Um, Jeff, it's over a year ago since you and I had the conversation and this seed was planted. We've come a long way from when we started chatting and bitching about the state of the sport to where we are now, huh?
1: Yeah, buddy. I mean, I wouldn't say that we were bitching, but we certainly uh, spent our fair share of time talking about, uh, the world of ski coaching and ski racing and everything in between. And, uh, and I, it's, it seems like yesterday, uh, you know, the first part of this pandemic started and you and I were talking and you're like, what are we going to do? And I said, why don't you start a podcast? And you're like, I don't know how to do that. How do I do that? And I said, I don't know how to do that. Why don't we research it? And here we are, you know, a year and a bit later. And thankfully to Kara, we actually sound like we almost know what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Amen to Kara. Um, yeah,
1: but we,
0: we've come a long way. Thank you to the Google machine. It's been a steep learning curve. Um, it's funny, when we started, we didn't know where to start. So we used a few family members and friends to practice. Um, special thanks to your daughter, Camille Vibert, one of our first test dummies. And Izzy Jenny, a former athlete of mine, who was great. And we learned a lot from and just not only how to interview, but just where some of the the thinking is in the sport from athletes. And then I guess we took it, trying to take it into a more positive fashion. And are we crazy to think that we could find others that would agree with us that we could do better for athletes and the sport as a whole, you know, our honest intent was to become better at connecting and communicating with athletes and parents. And you and I shared a couple ideas about how the the sport has become transactional and, you know, what has the sport done for me today as opposed to looking at it long game. And for me, I've had a long love affair with this, with this sport and, you know, for better or worse, everything in my life is no more than one or two touch points away from skiing, from, my family, to my career, to the places I've lived, to the places I've gone to the, to the fabric of my character. It's all directly related to the sport. And I think that's where the sport really is at its best. So with that as our intent, you know, I thought we could try to find out what other people were thinking. So let's go talk to the smartest and most successful people we could find in the sport and to see if, if they had the same feelings and ideas that we had, and pleasantly surprised. I'll say it didn't take long for us to figure out that we needed some help. And that's when Kara came along, right?
2: Kara! (laughs) 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 Yeah, Martin, I'm a ski racing parent, coach, and program director. So when I was approached to join the team, I was honored and I look forward to contributing to the dialogue. The conversations that we've had this season on The Next Turn ran the gamut from Crystal Globe winner Federica Brignone to Eurosport announcer Nick Fellows to Michaela Schifrin's coach Jeff Lackey. Not to mention World Cup racers Ryan Cochran-Siegel, Cassidy Gray, Michelle Jazine, Jack Crawford, the Reed brothers, Otley Lee McGrath, the list goes on. But our sport is vast and attracts all types of skiers, not only the ones interested in chasing the blue and red gates. I loved our conversations with mogul skier Hannah Soar, Talk about a woman on the precipice of stardom and my background in big mountain skiing came a little bit in handy uh, with our interview with x games gold medalist griffin post i think the fact that we can all learn something from each other and each one of these guests no matter our relation to the sport of skiing is incredible and i found there were so many similar themes passion for sport growth mindset intent to be the best continuing education athlete retention and various pathways including the ncaa stream which i found really interesting But the one thing that absolutely everyone we interviewed this season on The Next Turn possesses is a passionate love of skiing. And that's what connects us. That's why we're all having these conversations. And I love that we're sharing our listeners' thoughts of the day, which made me wonder, Martin, how did you come up with with thoughts of the day in the first place?
3: Well,
0: the thoughts of the day is something I've used with my athletes for quite some time. As every coach and every athlete has heard and said, you know, when we're supposed to be watching a run and we may not miss it, we're like, what do you think? And when we say, what do you think? It's sort of a shorthand version and you sort of get a shorthand answer back. So what I've always done in meetings with my athletes at the end of the day, we've we've done the hard facts. This is when training starts. This is when the, you got to get your bib. This is where you got to be. Um, and then we had our thoughts of the day and it was just a way to to have a more professional and thoughtful conversation about what you're thinking. I had a coach do it to me when um, when I was an athlete. And when we came down, he, he put the big VHS camera in our faces and said, what are you thinking? And it just made us sound a little kinder to ourselves and more professional. And I think that's the real part of it. So we decided to use thoughts of the day here, as well as the hard facts. So the hard facts give us t- tell us what we're going to be talking about and the thoughts of the day. What is your takeaway? And it just, again, gives us a little bit more th- thought and time to process and really take away what we need to be taken away. So we've got the thoughts of the day. We've done it for every episode so far. We've asked for our listeners to share their thoughts of the day. And we've handpicked some of them, some of them that we know, some of them we haven't known. And I had a chance to, to get on a Zoom call with some of these people and chat with them and and have them share their thoughts with us and you'll hear those thoughts and you'll also hear some snippets of the conversations that we've had before and after those thoughts so it's going to be a a fairly interesting broad cross-section of people and hopefully we can learn a little bit from our guests and our listeners and here we go so our first one that we have is a gentleman named Jacques Reed. he's a coach that the three of us know very well um He's, he's a, he's a great guy. We've all respected him and he was kind enough to sit down and have a conversation with me and share his thoughts and share his perspectives. So here's our first thoughts of the day with Jacques Reid. Uh,
4: Jacques Reed, I'm the head coach with the uh, SUD ski team uh, here in uh, Southern Ontario. Um, lifelong, passionate uh, person of, of ski racing, coach, parent, um, been an athlete a long, long time ago. Um, I love the sport of ski racing. Look forward to being involved with it for a lot longer, really enjoy the next turn podcast. And my thoughts are the day revolve around, um, trying to be more transformational as being, as opposed to being uh, transactional as a coach. And, and that involves getting to know the athlete more it involves, um, you know, having that good communication with the athlete, um, not being afraid to use different methods um, with the athletes. And, uh, you know, also digging deeper into, you know, the the how, the why um, they do what they do in order to make a difference with them. So that's what I am all about. And that's what I think the Next Turn podcast um, allows me to do uh, when they talk to different athletes, coaches, experts about the sport of skiing, um, and, and, and gives us more, um, tools for our, uh, for our toolbox in order to, to, to be that, that better coach for the athletes.
0: I appreciate that Jacques. Can I ask you a a follow-up question there? Uh, Can you think of any of the bits that you've heard that you would really like an athlete to listen to? And at the same time, a coach and a parent, can you think of a couple of short clips that really resonate with you well
4: why you know i i'm a passion like i said I'm, I'm really passionate about ski racing um when you talk to eric reed about what he's feeling when he's skiing i think that's a that's a key one he just talks about i think you know i believe he talks about the ski how it feels in the fall line um to me if i can get an athlete to feel that that is like next level and, and i think that really contributes to them skiing fast and skiing well, Um, other experience are, are just not being afraid to just, uh, get in there and listen to as much, as much stuff as you can. I think you guys provide an incredible amount of content and I don't know if I can be too, too specific, but Cassidy gray, I think summarized, uh, you know, one thought where she said it was different for everybody. You know, there's not one way to graduate someone to the national ski team, for example, it's different for everyone and I think for us as you know people that are involved in a sport for parents for athletes important for them for to know that in that their experience may may be entirely different to another one that's um sitting right next to them so I think it's really important to look at that
0: I really appreciate that and I appreciate you you supporting the next turn and listening thanks a lot man you're welcome
2: Kara, what do you think about what Jacques had to say? Jacques is such a respected coach here in Ontario, and I love how he talks about the importance of communication with athletes being transformational versus transactional. Jacques is the type of coach that treats athletes as individuals and understanding that not every ski racer will respond the same way to feedback. He mentions our conversation with Cassidy Gray and how she also understands that a ski racer's journey is different for everyone. This reminds me of our conversation with Sasha Rierich, Work on the same fundamentals, but take a different approach with each individual skier. How huh? athletes ski and train is a reflection of their character, and skiing's a simple part. The route you take to reach your goal is what makes a champion. So that was amazing. Thank you so much, Jock Reed, for your thoughts of the day. Next, we're moving over to Doug Lewis. Doug's a two-time Olympian with Team USA. He won a bronze medal in downhill at the 1985 World Championships. And since 1991, he's been running elite team with his wife, Kelly Lewis. Here's Thoughts of the Day with Doug Lewis.
3: Uh, I'm Doug Lewis, grew up on the slopes of Vermont at the Middlebury uh, Snow Bowl, a tiny little area in Vermont and outgrew that, went to the Green Mountain Valley School. And basically if you had asked me at eight years old what I wanted to be, I had the goal of being on the US ski team, to be in the Olympics, to be the best skier in the world. And with that goal and the love and the passion for skiing, I worked and, and uh, had a little bit of luck and, and got all the way to the Olympics twice and, and won a bronze medal at the world championships. And um, after that, Retiring, after wandering for about two years, I figured out that I wanted to give back to young athletes. And for the last 30 years, um, my wife and I have run elite team summer camps and clinics, and now we've moved into online programs. And basically, we're trying to teach kids to be complete athletes, to give them the tools uh, so they can go to the top or as high as they want.
0: I, I love that. And I, I love the kids that have come out of the elite team. You, you can really sense a difference in them. Um, Doug, what are your thoughts of the day?
3: Uh, number one, I love your podcast. I run six days uh, a week at 5 a.m. in the dark, and podcasts are what get me through the runs. And I listen to yours all the time. Um, I'm a big fan of digging deeper, right? Your conversation with uh, Avita and, and Jan about the controversy in the world champs, talking to Smart and Cassidy and the DH boys about why their route to the World Cup took that way. I really think that us as fans, as participants, as retired athletes need to keep pushing and digging deeper to ask these questions because we all wanna see these awesome athletes reach their goals, or at least given the chance. And so let's talk about the route that you should be going to, to World Cup. And it's changed since I I came along. Why aren't teams focusing more on teamwork and mental skills? So I just, my thought for the day is, let's continue to dig deeper and you know what? Ski racing is pretty simple. You carve the ski, whatever it's all the other stuff that makes champions. It's confidence. It's risk-taking it's visualization. It's, it's focus it's eating well. It's all that other stuff that I think we're not doing the best job at. So that's, that's my thought of the day. Let's dig a little deeper.
0: I love that. Can you talk a little bit about when you talk about confidence how do you through the elite team, how do you approach teaching confidence? How do you grow confidence?
3: That's it, that's a, it's a it's a tough one. And at, at Elite Team, we've found this way. It's all about it's it's about uh, knowing the challenges that you want to give the athlete. And so many programs, unfortunately, just hey, we're doing this, and all 30 athletes, we're gonna do that. Well, every athlete's a Is different so a coach has to go that extra step what challenge is going to be just outside the reach of this athlete not too far to just kill their kill their inspiration not too easy which is so often the case because that does nothing for an athlete a coach has to find that challenge just, just the right distance away and inspire that athlete to go for it and no matter if they get it which is going to give them confidence. Or if they fall short, you got to then say, what'd you learn by falling short? And let's try again. That's the the moment of magic that happens to build confidence. You give the athletes a chance in a safe environment to push themselves out of their comfort zone. And whether they get it or not, they come out with confidence because they either got it or they safely failed and learned something amazing. So it's going that extra mile, giving that extra bit of energy to that athlete every time. And boy, you can make a difference with those athletes.
0: Doug Lewis, what a treat to chat with you. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts of the day. Jeff, what's your take on that?
1: Well, Martin, I think it's it's great to hear from someone of Doug's pedigree that he thinks we're actually talking about the right things. And that I love some of the things he said about, you know, we should be thinking about different ways to get to the world cup uh, and challenges for athletes that are right for each individual athlete. Like they're not all the same. Uh, So I love that part of it. And and I, I love that he, he talks about, you know, what your role is as a coach and to, you know, sometimes you got to push them out of their comfort zone, go that extra mile and give that, you know, general push to each athlete. But I think, uh, my takeaway from Doug is that, you know, each athlete is, is very different and that's uh, the role of the coach to try and find out, uh, what it works, what works for each person. And, uh, next we're here from Aaron Bragg, all the way from Anchorage, Alaska. Martin's known Aaron for years has worked with her as an athlete and now they're friends. They spent a couple of days doing some laps at Deer Valley this season. And Aaron shared her opinions with us on her thoughts of the day.
5: I'm Aaron. I'm from Anchorage, been living in Utah for over 20 years. Something I've been thinking a lot about is from the Griffin Post interview, and he talks about how coaches are this interesting relationship you have in your life. It's the first one that wasn't your teacher or your parent, but that's an adult. And I've been exploring that, and I just love it.
0: What do you love so much about that?
5: That you get to see another human living their life. It's so interesting, right? Because at first, right, the only adults you know are your teachers and your parents. And so, you know, right, sometimes you think the teacher sleeps at school. You don't really know anything about them. But as your coach, you get to see them interact with other coaches, interact with you, teaching you life lessons. Um, I just think back to, right. I grew up with a small hill in Anchorage called Hilltop and it was faster for us to hike our slalom course than it was to ride the chairlift. So our coach would say, you know, hike two, ride one. But sometimes, right, you get frustrated, you're working on things. Even as a 10-year-old, you don't really, right, you don't always want to do the hike. And so it's this first time you kind of encounter this, like, within yourself and with another human that's telling you to do something, but you don't want to. And, and it's just this really interesting way to go back and think about how you become this grown-up human yourself.
0: It's an interesting pathway you've been an athlete you've been a coach are you still in contact with some of the coaches that you've had and are you still in contact with some of the athletes that you've coached?
5: yes I mean you came to Utah we ripped some turns it was awesome I'm here right now um, there's a couple local coaches that I'm still in contact with and then in terms of athletes definitely um, I'm going to anchorage this summer and one of the athletes I coached at CVA is up there and she's contacted me on social media and we're gonna get together, do some bike rides, grab a beer and it's just, right? Something, this different relationship and it's cool to see what she's done post high school, post college, now, you know, being an, an adult herself.
0: Aaron Bragg, it is always great to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts of the day. Kara, what did you think about that?
2: Well, talk about six degrees of separation. Aaron knows my husband, Dak, really well, um, and, and several of our friends. I can see that we have friends on social media in common. I don't think I've ever met Aaron, but that just goes to show how small the ski world is. Next up is listener Ryan Hurley. Uh, Ryan sent us uh, an email er earlier this season, and I will read it. He says, great conversation as always. My thought of the day is that Ivisa and Jan laid the foundation of a very strong argument for an international professional snow sport union. There could be a former athlete that's part of the union who is on the jury at all these events to represent the athletes. All other professional sports have unions for a reason, and the sports and athletes continue to thrive. It's not a coincidence. Keep up the great work. My mind is on fire after every episode and I love it. All the best from Ryan Hurley. So yeah, he's definitely talking about the, uh, Ivisa Kostelich and Jan Hudek um, it, uh, episode from earlier this season. And that was a humdinger. We touched base with Ryan after we received his email and Martin had a chance to catch up with him. Here's Ryan.
6: All right. I'm uh, Ryan Hurley from Lincolnville, Maine. Um, and uh, a ski enthusiast. Thanks so much. What are your thoughts of the day? All right. My thoughts of the day are I've really enjoyed uh, you kind of shining a light on skiing that um, not always been there and kind of showing us a different side of skiing that doesn't get as, quite as much exposure um, as a coach and a parent um, and a former athlete. It's been fun to see all the different sides of me- many of the things that you've brought up. Um, but, uh, I loved the, the Deb Armstrong episode was fantastic. I loved going to her site and trying some of the things that Deb does with my own children and the kids that I coach. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, listening to the girls you had on, uh, Amelia recently, talking about, uh, the difference between collegiate ski racing and individual ski racing and all the sort of great things that a team atmosphere brings out of an athlete, um, and a person, uh, and I love this, the small ski hill episode, mostly because, you know, I'm a, a big believer in the small ski hill. I was raised on small little tiny ski hills in the backwoods of Maine. And i love, uh, right now I'm, I'm on a small ski hill all the time, like five days a week, uh, here at the Camden snowball, where we're the only, uh, only ski resort on the Eastern seaboard that looks out at the Atlantic. Um, so it's a, it's been a, a cool ride so far. I'm really enjoying listening to all of these conversations.
0: Ryan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and thanks for listening.
6: No, I love it. It's really, it's been really fun and I've learned a lot and I've used a lot of it. And, um, you know, like I took, um, one of the things I did is I like, I listened to the Deb episode um, and she was talking about just going skiing everywhere, you know? And then I, you, you left the link for her YouTube channel and I went on that and I was checking it out and it's amazing, like the stuff she was doing. And I was like, I'm like, all right, that inspired me to be like, you know, like, I'm not comfortable going in the train park. That's not my comfort zone. But I was yeah. like, the kids are bugging me. They're like, let's go in the train park. And I'm like, all right, Deb did it. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. I saw that little, like, five-year-old kid going on the, on the uh, you know, the tabletop. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Go for it, guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ryan Hurley, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, Jeff, what was your take on what Ryan had to say?
1: I love the fact that he, he said he's just learning every episode from, you know, the different perspectives from whether it's coaches or athletes, uh, you know, he's, he's a a coach and a parent at Camden ski hill. Um, he loved the small Hills loved Deb Armstrong episode, those kinds of things. But one of the takeaway that I really liked was he started taking his kids in the train park after he, (laughs) he heard that that, you know, was pushing kids out of their comfort zone. So, and that's one of my favorite things to do as a coach, as you know. Next, we hear from Carly Fuchihara, one of Martin's favorite teammates back in Thunder Bay. She's a multi-sport athlete, a mother, and a next-turn enthusiast.
7: Okay, I'm Carly, and I am uh, an athlete, a former athlete and a current athlete. I used to be a ski racer, actually, in the same hometown as Martin and uh, we have the same old stomping ground, and we have many, many uh, battle stories that we share. Uh, I am currently the mother to two upcoming athletes and uh, a third who's trotting trotting along quickly behind them, and my perspective is as a young athlete, a young fist racer, and as a um, a competitive pole vaulter actually, um, into my twenties and my, my children are tennis players. So, you know, the, the thought of the day that, uh, I have really gleaned from Martin's different podcasts and yes, I've listened to them all <laughs> and they're fantastic. Um, worthy of the listening, uh, the common thread that I picked out that I really wanted to contribute to as the thought of the day was, um, the importance of dialing into the mental aspect of not just ski racing, but any sport. And, uh, um, you know, particularly these individual sports where um, you don't have a team rallying, you know, per se around you, you know, while you're, you know, at the climax of, you know, say going into your, you know, your, your second run, you know, where you're sitting in fourth place, trying to move up to that gold position and putting a heap of pressure on yourself and, you know, and, and um, you know, the, the, different guests that Martin has had on that have been talking about, you know, about getting, you know, getting their their mindset and their mindfulness and, you know, and their mental training right, you know, was what really allowed them to, you know, to get to that next level and to get the most joy, you know, out of, you know, their journey into the sport. And, you know, and I can really relate to that because um, I think that the environment that, that I entered my sporting career in that that was um, that was not um, you know that was not a joyful one Um, not that I didn't love what I was doing but the pressure was was fulfilled and um, and you know that that you know definitely affected me day to day and uh, and I'm now working to be a a, you know a better athlete and a better parent Um, and you know and even um, you know a better uh, a better coach um, you know for my kids Um, because I, I just really think that we all need to understand that the journey is where the fulfillment is the journey is where the joy is you know and we all put our kids and we say nobly we all put our kids you know in sports so they can learn these life lessons and be better people and you know and and if that's really what we're wanting for them then you know we really need to start equipping them early with you know this growth mindset This, it's okay to make mistakes it's okay you know to not achieve everything you wanted to do on that day and still come out feeling awesome because Guess what? I still had another fantastic day doing my sport, and you know, and and the importance of that is, you know, we can't even calculate it. So yeah, that's my thought for the day. You know, I I think I would I would also say that um, that you know, especially if there were athletes involved, um, you know, like like parent athletes, because parent athletes are a whole other breed, (laughs) as you know you know they they have to re- try and remember you know um what it felt like to be trying to live up to expectations you know and um you know when 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 i Overstep, which I do, and you know, and you know, you know, I have more than once had to apologize to Kaz, you know, and say, look, I'm sorry, I was hard on you, bud. You know, I know you did your best. You know, da da da, whatever it was, and you know, whether it was, you know, I say something, you know, you know, untoward about the way his body language was, or you know, whatever it was. The what I have to go back to is remembering how you know how the reception of anything that i did uh you know with my father right what his comments back did to me right and um and you know and i think that that parents just need to be so 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 aware of that you know like it's
0: i love that you apologize to kaz and that's a huge thing
7: (laughs) all the time
0: (laughs) because what it shows is that it's okay to take big swings and fail. Mm. And it's an incredible example of a growth mindset.
7: Yes, yes. And, you know, if you want them to grasp that, then you've got to be that. I'm doing it and I'm trying to encourage them and lift up and show them in a real way how, you know, like it's a battle, but this is what we can do to get through that battle. And I'm here to help you. Better.
0: The pursuit of better.
7: Yes, the pursuit of better, and and like you said, a better athlete, a better parent, a better person, a better fan, you know, all those things. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I love so. that. What a treat it was to talk to Carly, Kara. What are you thinking on Carly's take?
2: Well, Martin, it's so interesting to hear Carly's perspective about sport and the importance of dialing into the mental aspect and addressing the often ignored mental well-being of an athlete when it comes to pressure. A level of pressure is going to exist, of course, in any competitive sport, but it's important that coaches, athletes, and parents understand that sometimes pressure can dampen an athlete's enjoyment of competition. So it's so refreshing to hear that as a mother, Carly teaches her kids that any day spent doing the sport they love is a good day, regardless of the outcome. All right, so next we'll hear from Career Academy coach Jack Bailey from New England. He's a straight shooter who has given his life to the sport. Here's Jack Bailey's thoughts of the day.
8: All right. Um, Hi, uh, I'm Jack. Um, I guess you could say I'm a lifelong coach. I've been coaching for 27 years. I've been parenting for another 16. So I kind of uh, I'm a combination there, as many of you folks are out there. Um, But uh, Martin asked me to put my thought in for the day. And I would say that uh, my thought for the day would be um, in a lot of his podcasts, a lot of the uh, guests talked about uh, one thing in a commonality, which was, uh, love of what they do. And, um, it didn't matter if they were involved in sport or production or business or, um, education. Uh, but, um, it was that passion, that perspective, that ability to be present. And, um, you know, as, uh, Frederica said in hers, it was enjoying it, you know, she's got to continue to enjoy it in order to move on. And, um, you know, as a parent, as a coach, I think um, you know, especially in the past ten or twelve years, I, I've evolved definitely from maybe a little bit harder uh, direction to um, you know, you got to be you got to be passionate and and love what you're doing as an athlete, as a coach, as a parent, um, as a person. That's why when you started this, I was like, I started dabbling at it watching sub, I was like, <laughs> you're right on. I mean, you're freaking good, you know? Thank you. Uh, and, uh, and those conversations that have been opened up with a lot of your guests are to the point, you know, we, yeah. we just had a, a, a friend uh, who is like 35 years old. I think he's like birth year 88 or 89, somewhere in there. Um, he just committed suicide. He just took his own life, you know, and you know, the dad now has been, you know, posting some stuff like, wow, you know, like, and he was your typical strong type of dad that probably never would have went in the mental health realm. Right. Like yep. it was non-existent. Yeah. You know, like, just like you were talking about that you got jabbed Mr. Miyagi and stuff like that. Like he would have been the jabber, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And, and now he's like, you know wow we're uh you know i'm committed now to you know at least speak for mental yeah. health you know But yeah it, like and, it's yeah crazy it's just like sometimes takes a world not a world crisis event but it takes like a major event in your life to just like step back and say yeah wow i appreciate what you're doing and how you're going about it and opening up conversations and um you know, we just had a good conversation before this on some background stuff that's going on and, you know, it's on point. So keep up the good work.
0: Well, I appreciate your appreciation, Jack. <laughs> right on. Jack Bailey, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts of the day. It is always a pleasure to chat with you,
1: Jeff. What are your thoughts on Jack's thoughts? Well, Martin, obviously he's uh, you know, talks about the passion from the athlete and reflection And you can instill that from a coaching perspective, but it has to come from within. Uh, And I I really think it's great that Jack appreciates, again, like someone else who appreciates the work we're doing. And there's some takeaways for the people that we're trying to reach for this podcast. So thank you very much to Jack. Next up is Gary Miller. A little while ago, he wrote us an email. Hey, Martin, Kara, and Jeff, an absolutely fantastic job with the podcast. You're providing a great service to our sport of ski racing. So thank you. I've really enjoyed the interviews of Jeff Lackey, Feta Brignone, Deb Armstrong, and Michelle Gazine being my favorite so far. Most importantly, you're hopefully reaching the coaches in our sport that need a few adjustments. Hearing you guys talk about ego in our coaching ranks was perfect. I mean, there are just so many critical topics you hit during each podcast, truly enlightening. Having spent two tenures on the World Cup with the US ski team, you're bringing a lot of great topics to the forefront of our sport that has lurked in the shadows for years. And then we had a chance to catch up with Gary afterwards and find out who Gary Miller actually is.
9: Martin, it's Gary Miller, um, former coach, US ski team back in the 80s and uh, more recently 2014-15, uh, member of the University of Colorado ski team back in the uh, 80s as well. And, um, you know, just uh, just happy to be here and
0: and, uh, well, 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 thank you very much for joining us and thanks so much for sharing your feedback. And I'm glad that we had this chance to, to chat. So Gary, what are your thoughts of the day? Well, I'll tell you there there's,
9: uh, how many, uh, how many days do you have? Martin? I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot, to, there's a lot to say, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a student of the game and, and I love the sport of ski racing and, and it's given me a lot over the years as a, as a competitor and a coach. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think there's some real touch points that, that, you know, are, are important for the, for the next generation and, and especially coaches um, uh, you know, a little story um, I, I you know, I got out of the ski business for a while just so that I could go and raise a family and kind of be normal a little bit. And it started some businesses and it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. And, and my, my family and I moved to, uh, to Michigan, to Harbor Springs, Michigan. And uh, I was skiing at, at uh, Nub's Knob one day, one of the little ski areas. Okay. And, uh, you know, and I said, ah, you know, my kids are young. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into coaching and ski racing. And, and, And people were kind of pushing me to get there. And I said, nah, you know, I'm just not interested. And I remember looking up and watching these kids trying to run a slalom course on a steep hill. They had no skill set to be able to do that. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And on top of it, there was a coach that was screaming and yelling at them. And I thought, oh my God, this is horrible. I can't allow this to happen. And I went home <laughs> and told my wife, I said, I guess I'm going to get back in the ski business because I can't stand to see what's going on. And I went over to a friend at Boyne Highlands across the, across the road. And I, I sat down with Tony Sendelhofer, who uh, is from Austria. His, his wife uh, is, is a, is a hausser, So it's Ricardo's aunt, Andrea. And, um, you know, I said, Tony, you know, I, I want to start a ski program because I need to teach young kids a skill set. I need to teach them how to do the fun things and to learn the right way. And uh, I want to do it in a, in a European platform. And he said, I'm all for it. He said, let's do it. Let's put it together. And, and I did this for five years back there. and We grew this thing to 60, 70 kids and, and it was, the, the interesting part is when I sat down, I think it was, the, it was the second year, I had a room full of parents, kids, opening day of the season, the first meeting, and I said to everybody, I'm not here to make your kid the next Olympian or, or to be the next USK team athlete. And they looked at me and their mouths dropped, hit the floor and went, what, what do you mean? That's kind of what we hired you for. And I said, no, I'm, I'm here to make them the next CEO, president, general manager, vice president of a company someday, because they're going to have the skill set. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be focused. They're going to be structured. They're going to be, they're going to have a character. They're going to have right morals. They're going to work together. They're going to have teamwork. They're going to love each other. It's all encompassing. And, and by that time, Martin, I had, him, I had, I got him to buy in. And I never had parental problems ever with this group. And, and it, it, it was, it was life changing. I mean, we, we did these crazy obstacle courses. We had them skiing in the woods. These kids couldn't get enough skiing and they came home happy and they were fully fundamentally sound little athletes. And, and, uh, you know what what a treat i mean that that to me was and and i and the the coaches that i hired weren't necessarily really coaches they were the best skiers i could find on the mountain that were either a ski instructor or they were a parent or something and they taught these kids how to ski correctly from the get-go and and that was huge because when it came time to run gates when we started to get into some of that at the u14s transition was so easy unbelievable
0: so what are the commonalities between that program that sounds incredible to what you were teaching talking about doing when you were with world cup athletes where's the common thread there
9: well I think it's um that's a you know it's a good question because you know there's there's such a difference you know you've got the you've got a bunch of young kids that that the whole thing is fun okay now it's not to say that it's not fun on the world cup but the pressures are so great. Um, the, 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 the difference is is that you're probably spending 80% of your effort on the, the physical and the technical and the fundamentals, 20% mental. When you get to the World Cup, it's just the complete opposite. You're more of a psychologist than you are anything else. I mean, if there's any little tweaks, technically, you'll find them and you might make them. But, but you take the top 20 in the world and they're all fundamentally sound. They're strong, they're fit, they're, they, they can win on any given day if the conditions are right. And, and, you know, that's where, so, you know, so there is a little bit of a disconnect. And I think what, what some of the programs are doing is they're trying to advance that, world cup sort of mentality before the, the, the actual athletes, or, the, or the, I shouldn't say athletes, they're ski little skiers at this point before they're ready. You know, they need to, they need to kind of march up to the point where they're so passionate about the sport that the grind becomes easier.
0: Thank you so much for this. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your feedback. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for your life um in the sport and giving back over and over again and uh i hope we get to do some more of this in the future
9: thank you martin it's been a pleasure and and you're doing a great thing this is awesome fantastic
0: gary miller thank you so much for sharing your thoughts of the day i gotta be honest it's rare that after so many years in the business i wouldn't have crossed paths with a guy like gary And after reading the email he sent, I was flattered. When I learned more about what he has done in the sport and he thought we were talking about the right things, I was pumped and I was encouraged. I had the chance to chat with Gary a few more times in subsequent conversations. And we're working on a few projects together. And this guy is just full of energy and has given so much to the sport. So thank you. And thanks for the encouragement along the way. Before we move on and share our thoughts of the day, It'd be silly for us not to mention two other team members and hear what they have to say. Kara and Jeff and I, we get to do the talking out loud, but behind the scenes, there's two strong, smart, professional women that keep us on task. First, we have Alice Anderson. She's the co-producer and director of Staying on Task. Alice, what are your thoughts of the day?
10: I had the chance to ski with you in Vermont this year with my family and usually when we leave our small mountain in central Pennsylvania and go to bigger mountains we get sort of looked down on and I remember talking to you about our little mountain and the racing club where my kids race in at Ski Roundtop and you had this great respect for what we were doing as a club and the gift of small mountains and Um, what they can bring to kids and families and skiers and I just thought that was such a a great um, response from you and that intrigued us to listen to your podcast and um, you know where I come from is that I have two children who love ski racing and I have no experience as a ski racer I love to ski but I never raced and was really never properly trained. So I thought if I listened to the podcast, I could learn how to be a good parent of a ski racer and maybe help coach my kids a little. But what happened was I listened to the first episode I listened to was the Phil McNichol and Guard Trainer episode, which I think you told me to listen to first. And what hit me was they were saying here, these lead coaches were just saying, just ski with your kids, just let your kids be on the snow just let him have fun. And it just resonated with us after, especially hearing my kids complain about being in lines to run gates and not liking that. And, um, you know, and then Ryan Cochran Siegel talking about growing up on a small mountain and how his mother was a world cup athlete, but she just stood back and let him do his thing. And she just really loved him. And, um, So it's been a great transformation for me to learn how to be a ski parent. And and really my goal is just for my kids to love skiing like I love skiing and to let them learn the life lessons through skiing that I've learned, which have been so invaluable. You know, I don't care if they have the fastest slalom run. I want to know what they're going to do when it rains on practice day. And I want to know how they're gonna go out of the gate on a mountain they've never skied before. And I'm so proud when they just show up in any condition and put their gear on and have fun. So I really appreciate what you're doing and I'm so grateful that we got to meet you and that I've gotten to learn from all of you. So those are my thoughts of the day. I look forward to learning more and hearing more and I'm just going to remember what Frederica said that if it's not fun she's not doing it (laughs) so that's what I have thanks so much
0: Alice thank you for sharing those thoughts thank you for all that you do we are better because of it and finally we have producer social media queen muse and my wife director of making dreams reality Amy Allen Amy what are your thoughts of the day
11: well I think when you first sort of ran the idea by me. I was intrigued, although I at first glance thought I maybe didn't have that much to offer because my background is not in ski racing. But as we talked more and as the project has developed, I've been surprised at how much I do feel I can contribute and then also gain from the different guests on uh, that have been on the podcast. As you know, I worked at a ski academy for a bunch of years, but my background is certainly not in ski racing. It's in education and communication, but I do definitely have a passion for athletics and all that can be gained via participation in athletics. And having two kids that play hockey instead of ski, I've been amazed at how much the information and the ideas and thoughts and concepts that are discussed by the athletes and coaches in the podcast, how universally universally applicable those ideas are, you know, across the board to all sport, and how much there is to gain for listeners, whether they're athletes themselves or coaches or teachers or parents. So I've been really excited by the conversation and I think it's incredibly valuable.
0: Amy, thank you so much for all you do in so many ways. I can't thank you enough. So here we go. Our final thoughts of the day. As we take a break for the next few weeks, we encourage you all to share your thoughts of the day and ideas with us at the nextturnpodcast.com. Help steer the conversation, help move the sport forward as you have been. All right. One last time this season, it's time for our thoughts of the day. Jeff and Kara. What are you thinking? Jeff, what are your thoughts of the day?
1: Hey, Martin, uh, Kara, you know, I'm so happy and, and proud to be part of this podcast with you too. And I can't believe when we talked about this, you know, more than a year ago, Martin, we've always talked about skiing and been geeks about it. And then when you, you know, wanted to run a podcast, Hey, you jumped in the deep end with both feet. And I'm so proud of you uh, first learning how to do it. And then all the editing and then having the courage to ask all these great athletes and and coaches and guests, if they want to be part of it. When we started this, we didn't know if anyone was going to listen. And now we have people listening to more than 40 countries around the world. So I'm excited to be part of it. i love this first season. I can't wait for the next season and can't wait to see you guys in person at that 2021 Killington world cup. Amen, brother. Let it be. Thank you so much for that, Jeff. Kara,
0: one last shot for you. What are your thoughts of the day?
2: Oh, guys, thanks again for inviting me to join. For me, it's been so fun hearing from friends and colleagues all around the world um, and learning what they, they thought of an episode or how they related to a guest. Martin, you've done an awesome, incredible job of finding unique and qualified voices from every corner of our industry. And I'll be honest, recording this season the next turn during a pandemic hasn't been the easiest. Our ski hills were closed for most of the winter, so our local industry was at a standstill, while at the same time I was communicating with parents and coaches and kids, trying to keep Ontarians positive and engaged while we waited for the chairlifts to turn again. Everyone that we spoke to this season on the podcast had a unique pandemic story to tell, like American downhiller Travis Ganong, who talked about how he rekindled his love of backcountry skiing after his World Cup season ended early. Or what about Italian skier Federica Bignone, who won the overall in 2020 and had no closure on a near-perfect season because she wasn't able to receive her crystal globe on stage in front of her peers and her coaches and her fellow competitors. She got it in the mail. Going into 2021 World Cup season, Ryan Cochran Siegel said the American team was worried they'd be behind the rest of the world because they had less access to quality training, like most of the European nations. Then he discovered that it didn't actually matter because for him, it's the hard work, the dryland training and the earlier experiences that make the difference. It's so cool to hear that. So while we're back in lockdown here in Ontario and schools are closed yet again, organized sports are on hold, it sucks. But this podcast has forced me to look beyond my little bubble and connect with skiers from around the globe. I have no doubt that our sport is going to bounce back better than ever after these uncertain seasons because the love of the ski, love of the sport of skiing runs so deep. And that's what connects us. And that's why we're having these conversations. So here's to an awesome first season of the next turn thank you so much for inviting me uh, to be a part of it i can't wait till the day that we can actually record an episode together i've got my 200 dollars podcast mic that i purchased just for this and i'll buy the first round or two and martin before i kick it to you for your thoughts of the day i have to do this one more time because this is a wrap on season one of the next turn don't forget to rate, review. Oh my God, I'm getting choked up. And subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And as always, share your thoughts of the day with us at thenexturnpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Next turn Podcast for news, information, and announcement about season one and a half and season two of the next turn. And Martin, what are your thoughts of the day?
0: Kara, thank you so much. You are an absolute gem. For me, my thoughts of the day are really simple and direct. It's just a few thank yous. First, Jeff and Kara, I can't tell you how cool it is to talk skiing, ski racing, and sport with you both. You make me smarter, you make me think more. Thank you. To Amy and Alice, you make our team so much better. I feel like I have this incredible sp- support system around me, and it allows me to take big swings with confidence. And really, that's what everybody deserves an environment where they're supported and I hope that you guys feel a part of that too thank you very much for all that you bring thank you to all of our guests thanks for saying yes thanks for taking a chance on us and thanks for giving back to the sport by sharing what you know and what you believe and what you love and thank you to our listeners for all of your support for all your time spent with the next turn And honestly, if it wasn't for you all, it would just be Jeff, Karen, and I sharing back-in-my-day stories. And who would want to hear that? So thank you to all of you. So that's season one. We're going to rest up, we're going to recharge, and we're going to reset. And you'll be hearing from us soon. We have big plans in our pursuit of better. And as always, we hope that you'll be joining us on our journey. So that's it. Thank you for joining us on the next turn. Be
11: well.